DACA, ITIN, first time home buyer or want to invest? Embar Mendez is a bilingual agent with Remax Real Estate Results, ready to help you. Call or text her today to talk about buying or selling property at 479-879-3398. And welcome everybody back to the District 3 podcast. We miss you guys a ton. I'm Manny. And my name is Irvin. Um, glad to have Manny back because he wasn't here last week. Yeah, I took a little vacation. Don't tell anybody. Well, now now uh, everybody hearing is going to know. But <laughs> it's cool. Everybody it. deserves a vacation. Everybody deserves some care for their mental health. So I'm glad yeah. you took that. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to my boy, Justin. He always shout listens out. and uh, he just graduated his pilot school and he oh, just cool. had a, a big birthday. Uh, he turned 28, so I just want to give a shout out to him because he graciously hosted me. Also to Giancarlo out there. Um, shout out. So yeah, just want to give a shout out to them because you know I'm very proud of him. You know we we don't have a, I, I doubt there's a, a very large population of Latinx pilots um, out there, and and he's working to be a professor to be able to teach the next generation of pilots out out there and uh, go into the commercial zone. So it's yeah yeah I'm proud of him and uh, wanted to go visit him and it's a good vacation. Hey, that's legit. Um, and uh, we missed you, Manny. Glad you're back. Happy to be back. And uh, if we sound a little muffled, once again, I like to repeat that we're all wearing masks in here. We're all trying to be safe and we're all taking the precautions necessary to make sure none of us get sick. So uh, if we sound a little muffled, that's that's why it is. But uh, today's episode, which I believe is episode 59 of the District 3 podcast, we have a special guest like always. Joining us today is the assistant principal of Rogers Heritage High School, uh, Martin Resendiz. Thank you for joining us, Martin. Irvin, Manny, uh, I'm excited to be here. Um, as I was sharing with Irvin, uh, I, I can't remember the last time I felt this nervous. You gotta be nervous. Hey, you know, get it out now because once you're in front of a bunch of kids, they're really going to grill you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that is true. But uh, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to share what I've learned and um, I'm just ready for those questions yeah sounds good well we want to congratulate you um because me and Irvin were talking it's we're pretty excited because we believe uh you know somebody might have to fact check us but we think you're the first latinx uh assistant principal or even principal at any level around uh rogers high school rogers heritage high school so congratulations on that that's a big deal yeah have you ever thought about that just kind of take a step back and be like oh man this is a big deal Uh, you're first you're breaking the ground I mean, you're, you're leaving me speechless <laughs> again. Um, but yeah, I know throughout the process, that was something that was in the back of my head. And I'd be asking myself, could I be the first one? How would I do this? What would it look like? It's like, no. And, and you know, just yeah, that imposter syndrome kicks yeah. in. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm excited. I'm excited for the opportunity. Um, I'm excited to be working in Rogers Public Schools. And so... Uh, I'm surrounded by great people. That just makes me feel a little bit more confident each day. And you went to Rogers schools, right? Yes, I I actually graduated from Rogers High in 2010. Okay, okay. So let's talk a little bit about just your background story. You know, I like we like to ask just a little bit about like where your roots come from, like what led your family to come here. Um, 
and we always bring this up uh, how our stories are always like every time we have a guest it's always like oh we went to california <laughs> and then we came to arkansas uh, is that your case or is yes, it different sir. oh there we go okay, another, another cali boy <laughs> and i think you're gonna learn something new Ivan. okay so um both of my parents uh were born in mexico in guanajuato hey guanajuato small little town munguia okay close to chupicuara yeah that's pretty close okay and so um they both immigrated at a young age um i was born in king city california and so yeah, i walk from gonzalez so it's like literally like 30 minutes away yeah and so really really close right yeah. um but a small town thir- thirteen thousand people um i was born there we we lived up until my freshman year um I, i'll be honest during that time it's it's a blur um uh, my parents worked a lot um and what kind of work did you do over there so my my mom actually worked in the fields she worked picking up broccoli um and my dad was a truck driver so for nine months he was driving in in california up and down and three months he was in arizona in yuma Mm. And so it was working. It was weird. Well, we got a lot of work. similarities, which is kind of weird. My dad was a truck driver too, but he oh, worked really? in the fields too. And then my mom worked in the fields, and we lived in Yuma when I was ah. a baby. So look crazy. at that. We have Small a lot world. in common. Small world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so that was that was the early years. That was the early years. But like I mentioned, I moved here my freshman year of of, of high school, and uh, I attended Elmwood my ninth grade year. Okay. Um, and so my my high school experience was all through rogers public public schools okay how was that shift from because i know for me sh- uh, having that shift from california schools aka monterey district right mm-hmm. it was monterey district mm-hmm. um in california to to being here back when i was in california i was like one of the advanced kids in fifth in fourth grade like i was about to jump to the geometry book right mm-hmm. and that was a big deal because no one else was in was starting geometry i moved here they were almost done with the geometry book mm-hmm. did you have that big like uh change where you might have taken a step back or fallen a little bit behind because of the difference yeah well the first thing that comes to my mind is starting kinder and and barely learning english and so as an mm. english language learner that was a struggle which i'm proud today that my parents uh forced me pushed me to only speak spanish with them um and so learning mm. english was a struggle in second and what was it third grade in third grade i would stand up leave the classroom and go take english with second graders mm. and so that was that was humiliating yeah. um in fourth grade it was the opposite i would get up and i would go take english with the fifth graders and so my confidence went up a little bit there. But um, when I moved in ninth grade, I was taking, I was taking geometry. I, I had an A. I get here in November and I barely passed the semester with a, a 60, mm. with a D, barely. And then second semester, I barely made it with the 70. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was challenging. I had a good GPA. Um, I moved over here, I was behind. Mm. Um, and I'll be, I'll be honest, I just shut down my 10th and 11th grade year. I, I, sh- I was just on cruise control, but there was a huge difference. I'm not saying that the, the, the public schools or, or the education where I, I attended in California wasn't that strong, but I will say that we are in an area where education is, is crucial. They're going to push you. You're going to go that extra mile and you just got to accept challenges. Was your, was your class, was your school over there in, in King City, was it predominantly Latinx? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was a that was also a big culture shock too because 
probably my my school was like about uh, I would say eighty five percent Latinx, actually eighty five percent Mexican, not just Latinx but Mexican. Then you come over here and you're like the minority again, you know, and yeah, it's like yeah. what's going on. And did you did you experience that as well? Well, I remember walking into the geometry class and I was the only Latino. Oh. And I was like, ¿Dónde están los demás? Yeah. And so I'm I'm in a, I'm in an English class and. Uh, one of my classmates, she was Hispanic. She's like, hey, can I borrow your algebra book? I was like, oh, I'm not taking algebra. And she's like, what are you taking? I was like, geometry. I was like, oh, okay. But I think in, in, in ninth grade, there were maybe three of us that were taking geometry in, in Elmwood. And so um, <laughs> I felt like I was on my own. I was on my own just simply because I was quiet. I was in the back. I couldn't relate to them. I was like, one, the culture, but two... I'm a kid from a small town in California. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was challenging. You'd be surprised by how many people, like, from that little area are here. Yeah. I remember one time, like, I was in, uh, I think it was Sprino High School, and I was at the gym, and, uh, you know, where they play basketball, where they do PE, and uh, randomly, this kid that went, to, that went to elementary school with me in Gonzalez, California, no walks way. in through the freaking gym door. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, I'm like, and I'm like, what the heck? And I recognized him right away. And I went up to him. I was like, I'm glad you're here. You know, like, there's another one of us, you know, that's here. <laughs> but like, yeah, you had no idea, like, how crazy that actually was. Such as my world. Yeah. Shout out, shout out, John. His name is John. Um, <laughs> Classic Urban still remembers the guy's name. <laughs> do you, do you remember what it was like, like the change in, in the demographics in Rogers? Um, or have you noticed a change at all? As a student and as an educator? Yeah. Mm. Comparing it to California? Yeah, well, comparing it to when you first got here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like our, our numbers have increased with with Latinx students. Not just that, but you're starting to see more, more a little bit of, of everything. Um, we had kids arriving from Russia, Ukraine, Portugal, uh, China. And mm -hmm. so you're, you're, you're starting to see... Uh, this this di bigger diversity I would say um, but I'm thinking also with the educators in our buildings and so when I was in when I was in school I don't let me think back I didn't have a, a Latino or Latina teacher yeah and so now you look at the different high schools and at least in Rogers public schools and I can name you two or three uh, teachers that have a, a latino background yeah. and so yeah. that's that's exciting that's exciting where where students can can relate right um and so it, how important is that i mean because that's that's something that i talk about with my girlfriend all the time is just like um i wonder how different my experience would have been and not saying that my experience was necessarily bad right i, I still love all the educators that i came up with i think they taught me a lot but how how different it would have been if i had somebody that even spoke that same second language as me did yeah. you have anybody that was a, a person of color i had one and i still remember her and it, her name was miss cappuccino she married later on and uh it was at uh, george junior high she okay. was my English teacher, and she pushed me a lot, especially just because I was like, she had teached advanced English, and I was one of the few in the class uh, that was also uh, Latino, right? Um, and my little brother actually ended up getting her later on, and, oh, and oh, nice. that was one of those like, well, your brother did this good in class. <laughs> oh, it was, it was so, Manny's little brother. Yeah, Chris oh, hated that's, it. <laughs> that's, 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 um, but
color, whether it being black or whether it being Latinx, um, which I feel, you know, is, is horrible just because I never got to experience and learn more um, through that avenue. Um, but yeah, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. We're going to play a little song. I'm going to play some Luis Miguel. Uh, the song is called Ahora Te Puedes Marchar and we'll be right back after this quick break. Yeah, hey, that's one of my favorite songs. Honestly, I didn't even know you liked Luis Miguel. <laughs> oh my God! Well, you know, it's it's one of those. It's like, 
now I appreciate Luis Miguel, but Same. like my mom Same. played it all the time. You that was that was her music. I never listened to. It. I wasn't yeah. necessarily annoyed. It was like on the road trips. <laughs> I was that's telling all we would listen to. I was telling Martin that I actually didn't listen much to Luis Miguel until I started watching that series on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. And I watched the first season, season two series or whatever. Yeah, yeah. season two coming on twenty twenty one. Short plug, um, <laughs> and like. It really got me into his music, and I'm I'm always listening to this. I'm listening to some other stuff, but Luis Miguel is pretty legit. Yeah, I mean, he was like uh, he was a ne- another level pop star back in the day, and like you don't even realize how big he was. Big star in Mexico wasn't even Mexican. Uh, yeah, I think he was uh, half half uh, Spaniard, half Puerto Rican, I believe, and he made it big, and he's now one of the biggest stars in in uh, Spanish music in history. Um, but. Aside from these Miguel, we're, <laughs> we're back all... talking here to Martin. Martin's like, can we stop talking about these Miguel kids? <laughs> no, I'm learning. I'm learning. <laughs> um, so you graduated from Rogers High School in 2010. Yes. Um, same year I graduated. Um, can you talk a little bit about the journey that has led you now to uh, what you're doing now and just the different uh, titles that you had in the Rogers School District? Okay, well, I, I do feel like I need to go back to my senior year of high school. Um, I was on cruise control. I was, ah, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see where life takes me. Um, but my Spanish teacher, Lisa Threlkel, checked in with me one morning and she's like, hey, what are you going to do after you graduate? It's like, miss, I'm just going to take, I'm going to take a year off. I don't know what I want to do. She got so upset. She gave me the cold shoulder. And I don't know about mm. you, pero prefiero que me griten, que yeah. me regañen, a que me den el cold shoulder. Yeah. And so I was like, man, I guess I'm going to go to school. It's like, miss, mm. I'm going to go to NWAC. After, after that week of her giving me the cold shoulder, I was like, man, I'm going to go to NWAC. And so I still didn't know what I was doing, but I was like, I'm going to go to school because this teacher is, is, is upset. <laughs> and so fast forward a little bit, um, I got a running scholarship for UC, to UCA. Okay. And so uh, I got a scholarship to, a, to run cross country and track and field. Um, at this point, I still didn't know what I was doing. Um, I filled out the FAFSA that summer before going into school. And it was just by accident because uh, my roommate's mom, shout out to Karen Fleeman, um, <laughs> she's like, hey, have you filled out the FAFSA? I was like, what's that? Wait, Jeremiah Fleeman's mom? Yeah, Jeremiah's mom. I know Jeremiah. Mom. He was my yeah. classmate in Lowell Elementary. Oh, really? I yeah, didn't yeah, yeah. know that. Yeah, Jeremiah was my roommate. Oh, he's a joke. He was like my him. roommate. And so Miss Fleeman was like, hey, you haven't filled it out. It's like, no, I don't know what that is. It's like, okay, well, bring your, your parents' income tax and I'll help you. And so all this, again... I don't know what I'm doing. I trust this and that lady. That could be stressful. Fast for us, oh, man. If you don't have any help and you're doing fast for the first time, it's so stressful. I didn't have any help. And then, like, when you get to that last part where it asks you for the electronic signature, yep. I was so stressed out about that. So it's like, I'm glad you had someone to help you. Yeah, I know. If, if, if it wasn't for her, I would have been short a couple of thousand dollars. Oh. And so I, I went into UCA, had my, had my scholarship, had school paid for. Um, I, I wanted to do business. I wanted to get rich yeah. fast. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do business. So I take a business class. I realized that I wasn't about the money. Mm. I didn't want to be stuck in an office. I hated the projects that I was doing. I was yeah. like, I'm not doing business. Um, and so I went undecided my, until my second year. I, I met with the, a Spanish depart- the Spanish department chair. And she's like, okay, well, you can minor in Spanish really easily. You can go abroad. So I miss. I barely made it to UCA, Conway, mm. two, two and a half hours. Do you think I'm going to make it to Costa Rica? She was, she was uh, uh, suggesting studying abroad in Costa Rica summer. I was like, no, I can't afford that. So, well, there are scholarships. So, okay. So, we looked into it. I was able to get a scholarship. The only thing that I had to pay for was my, my airfare, uh, which was like 600 bucks. Not bad for, for taking six hours. Yeah. Right? And so, 
I enjoyed that experience and I started thinking, why can't I make it a, a career out of this? The, the person that had maybe had the biggest impact in my life and my education was that Spanish teacher mm. where I could relate, where I could go to, where I could connect culture yeah. and language. And so I looked into that. Um, I declared my, my major as, as, as Spanish education and I looked into studying abroad in Spain my third year. And so that was an amazing experience. Um, but during this time, cross country wasn't, wasn't working out for me. So I focused 100% in my education, in my studies. Um, I was worried that something would go wrong. Um, and being the first in my family to do all of this, I was just afraid that I would fall short. And so I sped up with the process um, and luckily I was able to graduate in three and a half years, mm. but it wasn't because I was the smartest. It wasn't because I had, uh, my parents were, were guiding me. It was just because I had that fear that if I took a break, that if I took a pause, um, I wasn't going to get it done because throughout the whole process, I had someone pretty much holding my hand, pretty mm -hmm. much guiding me, you know? And so I was just worried the whole entire time that I was going to fail as a, as a student. Um, and I was very fortunate to get a job right away. I, and I decided that I wanted a little bit more. Um, again, I, I, I couldn't stay, stay still. Um, so before I even started that first job, which was that semester, I was already applying to the master program in counseling. Um, I got in, but with the first semester, with the first job, you know, I'm going to take at least the spring off and I'll start in the summer. And so that's what I did. Um, I started that new job in Little Rock. It was challenging, tough, mm. but um, I only did it for a semester and I came back home. I had a job at Rogers New Tech. Um, I taught there for three years. I taught Spanish. And at the same time, I was working on my master's in, in school counseling. Um, but again, I, I haven't really taken a break. I haven't really taken a break. Um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed every step of the way. Um, I, after my third year of teaching there, my wife, Gabby, and, and I um, accepted a new challenge. She got a job offer in Manhattan uh, with Univision. And so I resigned. And we packed the U-Haul, loaded up the car, and took off. Oh, man. Um, I think I remember seeing that on Facebook. I was like, that's a big It was big scary, jump. man. <laughs> big I'm not, jump. I'm not going to lie. It was scary. Uh, it, was, it was scary. But then again, like, you just got to take risks. No. You got to set those challenges. And the only good thing with, with this challenge was that I had her. And, yeah. and she had me. And while we learned and, and, and grew a lot, uh, and it wasn't perfect, it was an experience that I think helped us to where we are at today. Um, and so I taught Spanish there, but I came back and I was like, you know, I have a degree in counseling and I'm not practicing it. But the reason why I wasn't practicing it was because I had failed my license mm. for counseling. And so nobody was giving me a chance um, as far as a position mm -hmm. while I was here. And so I come back and I was like, you know, I'm going to apply for, for counseling. I'm going to apply for counseling. I was lucky to get some job offers in counseling and they were willing, the districts were willing to put me on an AOP, which was an alternative license program, mm -hmm. giving me two years to get my license. Mm -hmm. And so that made me feel a little bit better. But um, Roger's like, okay, we want you to be the counselor for ESOL students uh, for the district. And so mm -hmm. I came back and 
for a year I was traveling from Rogers, Elmwood and Heritage. Um, and it was, we were staying busy. We were staying busy. Um, my second year as a counselor, uh, I, was, I was at Heritage, full time at Heritage. And so during that time I was working on my, my uh, program of study with the administration. And so long story, um, but that's just a little bit. So, what to talk a little bit about how important because I think this gets overlooked sometimes how important a counselor background is to like being a principal oh. um, because it's I mean it's it's a totally different job from being just you know a teacher um, and then a principal obviously is its own thing but how does that background feed into like this new level that you're going into you know going into this those interviews I was nervous but um, I was also feeling confident because I saw different perspectives. I got to see the teacher, the teacher mm -hmm. side, the student liaison, the family liaison, where we would have family nights and discuss different topics, right? Um, as far as the counseling, uh, I got to see transcripts from different parts of the world. Um, I got to hear their, their stories, right? Um, you'd have a, a kid come in from Central America and, and look at their uh, um, certificate from El Salvador and, and that's just a piece of paper but getting to hear his story and just mm -hmm. knowing what they want in life um, that made a, a huge difference and so I can't say that I figured every single position out and that I got it perfect and that I had all the practice in the world but I did get that glimpse that is allowing me now to think a little bit further um, and it just goes back to you got to reach out to, to people you got to collaborate with others because you're not going to have all the answers. Right. And so how did this uh, position for assistant principal come about? So my a year ago, a year and a half ago, um, when I first started counseling, I was split with the different schools and I got to collaborate with Bray Codwell. And so he was at Heritage full time and I was there only Thursday and Friday. And he would invite me to different events, different uh, workshops for Heritage LULAC. Um, but I was only there two days. He got ill and that collaboration ended quickly. Um, Brig, Brig passed away in December. Yeah. And 2018, right? 2018. And... I was back to just working, working alone, working alone. I didn't have anyone else to, to reach out with all these different projects. And so in my, in my interview for the counseling position, I had shared that I wanted to do administration, but that maybe in five years because I wanted to slow things down. I was getting these different positions. I got married, I quit, I resigned, I moved to New Jersey, I came back. So I thought it was time to slow things down. But when when Brig passed, I realized that life, life was too, too short and you just never know what's going to take place. What I learned from Brig was that um, he was always willing to help, mm. help you, regardless of who you were, regardless of your skin tone, your, your history, he was willing to help you out. And so I, I had all these uh, helping hands. The two principals that I was working for Dr. Valines at Rogers High School and Jim Davis at Heritage were both pushing me and encouraged me to, to go get my, my licensure. I was like, no, 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 I, I'm gonna slow things down. 
but when everything happened with Brig, I just, I had to go for it. I had these mentors, I had a community. Uh, I, I've always enjoyed school, well, at least at the higher level. Yeah. Um, I've enjoyed it, and so that's what pushed me to go into administration, um, just realizing that we need to have uncomfortable conversations sometimes, mm -hmm. and the only way you're gonna be able to do it is to be at that stakeholder's uh, table, really. And you can't say, you can't say no, when they're giving it to you. Yeah. Um, I was lucky that both schools gave me a certificate to take a class at Harding. Mm -hmm. And so I had two free classes um, because of Rogers and because of Heritage. So what am I gonna do? Mm -hmm. I have mentors, I have teachers that I can go to. Um, I'm getting six hours paid for. Yeah. I have a community of students and parents that are, are supportive. And so I, I just couldn't, I just couldn't let it go. And so. Um, so many l different little things, right? Taking place during that time. I wanted to slow down, but life was just telling me, keep on going. Yeah. Keep on moving. And so. And going back to, to Brig, I think it's something that I, um, someone that I want to touch up, touch on because, um, he had a lot of impact on a lot of us. Um, I met Brig, I think it was like four or five years ago. Um, he, he did so many, He did a lot of good things for so many students that you probably will never really hear the stories until you just randomly talk to these individuals and they'll be like, "I knew Brig. He helped me out with this. You know, he helped me reference me to someone so that I can get help with my DACA." Um, he would always come up to me, to my wife Myra, and to other folks uh, because he wanted us to organize uh, DACA clinics at, at Heritage High School. And he would tell all his students, he would send out the announcements, tell everybody, hey, you need help with your DACA, come here, it's going to be free, there's going to be lawyers and everything. Um, so he was always a reference point and also a resource for a lot of his students. Um, and he had, he reminds me a lot about like these old school teachers that you see in movies like <laughs> Stand and Deliver, yeah. you know, like Freedom, Freedom Riders. Riders. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I, That's exactly what I think of when I think of Brig. Yeah. When he, when he <laughs> passed away, like that was my first thought, you know, I was like, this guy, like in the, in the little time that he was here in the district, he created such an impact in so many people's lives. And you hear about it, like I said, when you randomly bring a brig to someone that was part of the Rogers School District that was in his school, they'll always tell you good stories about him, of about different ways that, that uh, he helped them, right? And uh, he was always just looking out for his students, and I know that he would also always invite me to go chaperone those dances that you all yeah, do at Heritage yeah. High School, mm -hmm. and I could never make it. Like, I could never make those, those dances because something always would come up that day, and I couldn't make it. And then he passed away, right? He passed away in November 2018. And then Martin asked me. Then Martin fills up that role that, that Brig had and says, hey, can you come chaperone this, this dance? And I, at that time, I felt, I felt really sad because I was like, man, Brig asked me like three times and I couldn't go. You know, I couldn't make it for some reason. And, uh, and I made it. I was there. I, I chaperoned and, uh, and I was doing it kind of like in a way to like, remember Brig, you know, because yeah. I was like, I showed up Brig, I'm, I, I'm really sad that you're not here, you know, but, I'm, but I showed up for you, you know, yeah. I showed up for you, I showed up for Martin. Um, when Brig passed away in 2018, Martin, um, for us it was really a shocking moment because um, my wife and I and, and my friends, Heido and Michelle, we visited Brig in the hospital on a Wednesday or Tuesday, I forgot what day it was, 
Um, and he was doing really bad. He was really sick. And uh, I remember that when we were there, he couldn't talk that much. You know, his voice was gone. He was, he was really, really sick. And whenever we were leaving, whenever we were, like, walking away, I don't know, like, I guess he got all his power that he could in, his, in himself. And he was like, bye, guys. And I was like, what, Bray? Like, he wasn't talking the whole time. But he got, like, he used all that energy to, like, say bye to us. Yeah. You know, and it was the last time we ever saw him alive. He was like, bye, guys. And we looked around. We're like, what the heck is going on? You know, he wasn't talking at all. And then when Thursday, he gets really sick. I think Friday, he, he I th- it was either Thursday night or Friday where he passes away. And then Friday was the funeral, right? And I know that Myra and I had a, a wedding that we had to go to in San Antonio. And we literally left from the funeral straight to San Antonio. And on our way over there, we were like, what the hell just happened? All of this happened so fast. We had just seen him earlier in the week and, and he was alive and he was um, in good spirits, even though he was really, really sick. Um, but I was telling you before we started recording that while we were heading out, Myra and I we were talking about the big void that he was leaving uh, in our community, in the Rogers School District. And I, in a way, thought to myself, you know, yes, this big void is here, but it's also an opportunity for, for someone that he inspired to, to step in. And I kind of feel that you stepped in into this role. Um, so I kind of wanted to ask you just about, and I know you touched on it a little bit already, but about the influence of Brig in your, uh, in your career, in who you are as a person, who you are as an educator, and in the role that now you're in in the district in Rogers. Well, one of the things I, I, I've always been passionate is collaborating with our community. And I saw that I saw that with Brig. So while I was at New Tech, I would be doing my own projects. But there were a couple where we were actually able to collaborate. Um, I know there was a field trip to the U of A, and the two, me and uh, the Spanish teacher at New Tech and Brig took a picture. And Brig was just being goofy. We didn't even know he was in the <laughs> back, right? But we were lucky to to collaborate with them. Um, but me coming back into the district and being divided between three different schools and I didn't feel like belonged here or over there I just I was being pulled different directions I got closer to Rogers heritage because of break because mm-hmm. he invited me to be a part of heritage Lulac um, it's funny because I share that he would send me emails and these were like in September that were in, in reference to heritage Lulac mm-hmm. and I'd be like dude why are you sending these to me? Like, I, don't, I don't want them. I'm not going to read them. Like, what are you doing? And I'd have those conversations like, Brick, you know I didn't read that essay with the <laughs> three, four documents that was really, really long. Yeah. And we would just joke about it. But then um, in, this, in the spring, when I had to reach out to the LULAC Council, I was like, well, who do I reach out to? I don't know who. I was like, wait, Brick sent me emails in September. Yeah. Maybe I can figure this thing out. And so I went back and I found those contacts and, and we were able to keep that momentum going. Mm. But Brig, Brig just showed me that collaboration is going to be key. And your attitude, I mean, you just got to keep it positive. Mm. Be optimistic, but also face reality. Um, and so I, I, learned, I learned from Brig and from many that you need, you need an army to make a difference. Mm. Me as an individual, as an assistant principal, I can't make a difference. It's not just about me. It wasn't just about break. It was about the people that he collaborated with and the need in our community. Mm. And so today I am 
I am very, very fortunate to still be sponsoring Heritage Lulek. I go have 130 plus students on the group me where mm. if I send them a message like, hey, I need your help with this, they're ready to go. Mm. Um, and so that's, that's always been really, really exciting to know that you have this group of students that have your back and man, I have, I have theirs. Yeah. I have theirs. And so um, I'm thankful for the friendship that I had with Brake. I'm thankful that he included me in the different projects. Um, and I'm thankful that he made such a big impact in our, in our community. And, mm. and it's exciting, like you say, Ervin, to hear stories from others mm. um, and, and to see the impact that they're having in someone else. And so definitely, definitely. And um, now with with school starting, uh, I believe you told me August 24th. That's correct. Is the date when uh, is it's all Arkansas? When school yeah, goes back yeah. To Arkansas? State of Arkansas. I, I think the University of Arkansas starts the same day as well. OK. Um, how are you all preparing for that? So, I mean, Adam and... <laughs> Loaded question, but <laughs> how, how much time do we have? It's like, hey, yeah, what are you gonna do? <laughs> now, so admin administration has been back since July sixth. Some of us d- didn't really take a vacation. Mm. Um, we we just kept on working. Could, took a couple of days off to take care of our mental health and just disconnect a little bit. But we've been working since July July sixth. We've been in, in communication with our our central office. Um, and of course, there are many decisions that come from uh, the Capitol, from mm-hmm. the governor's office. And so we, we have been looking at the, the needs of our, our community. We've been looking at the different guidelines, the different recommendations, and so that we can open up our schools safely. Mm-hmm. And so there's so many different things that we have been focusing on. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, the two, and we can go in, into detail with them. One, the kids that are coming in person, August 24th all all uh, k-12 schools are opening i don't know about higher ed right but k-12 schools are opening kids are coming as of right now okay because things can change yeah mm-hmm. um and so we've been focusing on those but we've also been focusing on preparing students that will be working from home that will be doing virtual learning and so for six through through 12 uh they're going to be using a platform or sorry the curriculum with uh, red comet and so Communication. We've been communicating with those students. Are you, are you doing virtual? Are you coming in person? This is what it's going to look like in person. And so we can go more into detail with, with those two different platforms. Uh, my, my main question is, you know, this is where we're going. Are, are you waiting on the Capitol to say, okay, th- this is the benchmark we need to hit to be able to be open five days a week? You know, go back to completely normal? Or have there been discussions about that? I mean, I've just been so curious. It's like, when do we say... Okay, let's let's go back to this. What do you what do you mean? Like go uh, back to in person five days a week. Well, originally we were supposed to we were supposed to start this week this tomorrow. Mm. No, sorry, Thursday. We were, the kids were supposed to come back on on, on Thursday, but um, we weren't ready. There were a couple of things that the districts needed a needed a little bit more time on um, for us. The very first day, we will be giving Chromebooks to every student in the district. We're going one-on-one. Uh, teachers will be preparing uh, with the technology. We will be using Google Classrooms throughout the district. Um, in case students are, are out sick or teachers are out, um, the learning will continue. And so we're very fortunate that we have these resources, the technology, right? 
And let's be honest, the kids sometimes are better with the technology than us adults. Yeah. And so we, we were not going to let this stop us um, from learning and from teaching. Um, and so that is, that is the game plan, one-on-one uh, incorporation of Google Classroom. Our teachers are working extremely hard. This is the last week of PD, and we're ready for students on the 24th. Well, Marin, uh, we're really excited just about this role, you know, that you have now as assistant principal for Rogers Heritage High School. And uh, just to kind of see your, your growth, you know, in the future to see where this leads you, you know, hopefully one day principal, hopefully one day <laughs> superintendent. You know, I think you have to dream That's big, right. just That's like right. you said, you can't limit yourself. You know what you're capable of. You know how committed your students are to you. And I feel like you're building such a you're, uh, like a network of trust within folks you know they're students now but they're going to be professionals in the future yeah. you know so i think um just know that we're very proud of you Thank of you. everything that you're doing and and we definitely look forward to to bringing you back in the future and, and learning what what you're doing then you know hopefully next time we bring you back you're a principal man <laughs> that'd be pretty cool right yeah that'd be um, awesome but yeah we appreciate you being here thank you for for taking the time and uh, is there any other final message you want to let the uh listeners know about about what you're doing or uh yeah yeah um I know I mentioned at the at the beginning imposter syndrome. Um, in December, I went to a conference with my principal uh, at Heritage, um, and just th- I was twenty seven year old at this conference with the principal that has twenty five years of experience, mm. and you know I'm just here. I'm <laughs> I'm talking to doctor so and so, superintendents, assistant superintendents, and I'm a kid. Well, I still feel like a kid. Uh, that's a counselor, right? And so I, I felt like I didn't belong, that I shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've had that feeling multiple times in several different occasions. Yeah. And so I, I've, I've been learning a little bit more about that and how it can impact our, our decisions. And so my recommendations to, to the community, to even to the kids, because I have these conversations with them about imposter syndrome, is reach out. Reach out to someone that can assist you if they look like you, if they don't look like you, if they speak your language or if they don't, there will be someone that you'll be able to connect. I've connected to so many different people that believed in me before I even believed in myself. Mm. And that is why I'm, I'm here today. Mm. Um, Jim Davis, my principal at Heritage, is still my mentor. Uh, he doesn't look like me. He doesn't speak Spanish. Um, he, I think he was born in Oklahoma. Mm. But, um, you know surrounding yourselves by people that will make a, a difference in your life will make will make a difference and so my my advice to you is reach out ask for help uh, surround yourself by good people surround yourselves by people that are going to to be cheering you on mm. and pushing you and i've been lucky that i I've, I've been surrounded by people that have always been there to to guide me guide me up and, and Again, believe in me when I didn't believe in myself. And so surround yourself by good people. Powerful message from uh, Assistant Principal of Rogers Heritage High School, Martin Resendiz. Thank you all for listening this week. We'll see you all next week. Thank you. Peace. Everybody, welcome back. Uh, this is Manny with District 3. We're on, live on 99FM. Um, I'm joined today uh, to her amazing comeback to the show as a co-host is Jessica. Hey, 
y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, how you been? I'm good. I'm glad to be back. It's been a long time. Yeah? yeah I mean, your hair is different. My hair is different. Just from the beginning, from from when we started <laughs> this show, I mean, it's, it's been over a year, right? Yeah, it has been. OG member Jessica, OG, yeah. before me. I went through a butterfly effect, or a cocoon kind of stage. So. Yeah. Now I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Got, got, the, got the wings and flying high. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we're joined today by an amazing guest. Um, Olivia, mucho gusto. Gracias por estar aquí. Thank you for having me. Gracias. Yeah. We're glad you're here. Um, Olivia, for for the people that don't know you or, or kind of, uh, you you run uh, help this organization is called uh, Arkansas Latinas Bike, correct? Right. Um, maybe you could tell us a little bit. We always like to start with, you know, who you are, where you're from why you're in Arkansas. Uh, I think that's always an interesting yeah. question to know. Um, entonces, si nos puedes dar un poco sobre eso. Yes, uh, well, my name is Olivia Barraza. I'm from uh, Gomez Palacio, Durango. Uh, mejor conocido como La Comarca Lagunera. And I got here in 1988. 1988, in, to Arkansas? To to Rogers, because you're from, you live in Rogers now. Yeah. Did you go straight to Rogers? No, actually, I moved uh, to Bentonville. To Bentonville. That was the first place that I moved back in the days. Yeah, man, Bentonville back in '88. Oh, I can only imagine <laughs> Arkansas in the '80s. Yeah. What was that like? Well, it was like it was there very was, white. Yeah, very very white. It just to <laughs> just you know there was only maybe like five Hispanic uh, uh, families in. Uh, I will never forget this. Uh, me and my cousin went to Walmart looking for jalapenos. There was no jalapenos back then. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, and uh, one time we were shopping in, and I told my cousin, I said, quiet. She said, why, what? I said, quiet. I think someone is, is speaking Spanish. And we went like that, really? So we went through the aisles and looking for, because I thought I heard someone speaking Spanish. Yeah. And, uh, so we went through and looking. And we looked at the lady and said, hi, do you speak Spanish? <laughs> and she goes, yes, what are we doing? Yeah. And we hugged each other. And uh, uh, just to give you like a glimpse of what it was back in the day that when yeah. you met someone, it was like, hi. So to this day, uh, she's still a friend. Uh, it, was, it was awesome. Yeah, that's great. Why, why did you move to Arkansas directly? Sure. Yeah. How did you end up in Arkansas? Well, uh, it's a friend of the family who uh, came here with, uh, I think he had family here. Mm -hmm. So when he went back to to visit uh, my hometown, he stopped at Laredo to visit my sister. And she said, uh, well, I'm going back, I'm going to visit my hometown. Uh, and then when I came back, uh, I'll see if you guys want to move to Arkansas is really nice. There's a lot of work. Uh, it's the poultry back then. And yeah. So when he came back and stopped in Laredo, where my sister was living at the time, he he said, "Okay, well, her name was Maria. So Maria, are you ready to go to Arkansas?" And she goes, "No, I'm not going, but she's going." And I was like, <laughs> "Who me? <laughs> yes, you're going to Arkansas." I said, "Okay." So wow, yeah, I moved, yeah. I moved, and uh, since then, um, I feel like this is 
this is almost like my home. You yeah. know, I live here almost 32 years. That's, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, Long, longer than I've been alive. Yeah, no kidding. So, but you tried to tell me. No, no, no. <laughs> right? I thought about it before I said, I was like, oh, no, I'm not trying to be. No, but it's, I mean, that's, it, this is your home. This is, yeah, yeah where you've lived your whole life. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, this is where my kids uh, nacieron. Mm-hmm. Y donde, uh, with their rooted, you know, yeah. aquí están las raíces, so. I don't think I'm going nowhere. Where was the first place in Arkansas, in Northwest Arkansas at least, where it became prevalent that a Hispanic community was growing? So like it could be a store, a church? Well, I think it was uh, Springdale. Springdale. You know, I remember we used to come to Springdale to buy some uh, Hispanic food. Yeah. It's right here. Uh, I don't remember the, where the, the panaderia is. Yeah, right yeah. I think right there. Uh, right here across the street? Uh, Angela's? Yeah, there, yeah. Was a, there was an Asian, Asian yeah, uh, yeah. store. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I remember that. So we used to come here and eat uh, and buy groceries. And, you know, back back in the days, uh, if there was a baile, we mm-hmm. all knew it was like, a place where we come together and mm-hmm. and meet other people. It was other Latinos. Other Latinos, yeah. Yeah. It was, were the violas here at the Civic? No, no, the Civic wasn't even exist. Oh back yeah. Then. Uh, um, by like a, mi mamá antes fue a, um, it was like a cowboy kind of. Oh yeah, the country. Yeah, country club and it's behind Harps or something yeah. or Price Cutter. Price Cutter, I think so. Kinda, yeah. Okay. yeah. Maybe I know your mom. <laughs> <laughs> What year did she came? She came back in, I want to say like 85 or 86. Yeah. Ah, probably because yeah. it was, there was a small community, very small that I think uh, we all knew each other back in the day. Yeah. It was awesome. I think um, when you look at when the numbers of Latinos started growing, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't until the, the 80s really, where it, until we saw a huge boom in Arkansas for Latinos. And I think it's because, like you said, there was a lot of work. There were more and more Latinos and we, and there was just a lot of jobs and that they weren't getting filled by the people that were living here. Yes. Um, Cause it's hard work obviously. And that's something we've covered on this show a lot is that, you know, the poultry industry is a very tough job. Yeah. Um, are, are you still doing uh, work in the poultry industry? No, no, but back in the days, uh, my first job was at Tyson mm-hmm. in Bentonville. Yeah. Um, and then I, from there, I think I worked there around five years. And then I moved into Walmart uh, mm-hmm. warehouse where I worked. Distribution center. I That's where my mom works. That's tough. Yeah. I worked, yeah, I worked 20 years for Walmart. So, and then I worked in the post office and um, other jobs and uh, save the post office. Save the post office. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not working there. No. <laughs> I'll, I'll save it. <laughs> yeah, also a very hard job. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's changed a lot. Yes. And, was and so, I'm happy. Really, yeah. I'm happy because I remember when I moved to Bentonville, I was homesick. Yeah. You know, I look around, there was hard. I didn't see any Latinos around. And, 
I miss my home a lot, my family. Uh, there was not a lot of place that sell the comida mexicana. Yeah, it was all pasto, it was all granja. <laughs> yeah, sí. It was just like farms everywhere. I remember when we moved here, I, I mean, I was six, but uh, it was all just cows and, and horses. You know, that's all you saw, just left and right. Um, and, I mean, I, I do miss the horses. I'm not going to lie. Like, it, that was a nice thing to see moving from California to here. It was like you're you missing a, a lot of land. Now it's all developed and most of it is houses. Yeah, I lived here my whole life. And, and I went to George Elementary. And where Brookhaven Apartments were, there was an old couple that used to live there. And they it was all land before. So in kindergarten, they actually invited our kindergarten class to go pick out pumpkins from their garden. Wow. Yeah, so it's just crazy looking back at that. Yeah, I, I remember in third grade, uh, it was I went to Harp Elementary. It was mm -hmm. the first year of, of Harp Elementary. Mm -hmm. um, and like the third day at school, there was recess. Mm -hmm. We went out to recess and there was a farm next door, mm -hmm. just like that. And there was a horse giving birth Whoa, wow. <laughs> and I remember like all the kids were like what is that what's going and we just sat there for a while until a teacher came by and was like all right kids <laughs> science <laughs> yeah yeah it was a science lesson science that lesson. we were not expecting but you wouldn't see that now yeah. I mean un unfortunately like that's that's not around Harp uh, there isn't a farm there anymore and that's n none of none of the schools so you're happy I mean I love the culture that we have in Northwest Arkansas. I think there was a weird time in the early 2000s where it didn't feel like uh, Northwest Arkansas really had an identity. Right. Um, but I think where we are now in 2020, I feel like we have something. I don't know how to describe it. I don't know, what do you think? How would you describe the culture we have? Well, it's, it's growing. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're- Still figuring it out. Yes, um, I feel like you know, is is changing for for good, in uh, because of uh, other corporations are a lot of uh, people are moving in with mm -hmm. different ideas. And is what I like that is we start seeing a little bit more diversity. Yeah, we're not there yet, but I seem I think this changing this is the cambio is really positive. Yeah, we we we're not there. It's not that what I really would like to see it, more diversity, but I think it's, it's the beginning of, of a, a new develop, a new, a new Northwest Arkansas with more diversity, yeah. inclusion, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and, and working on the diversity is like, we need it not, not just every, everybody here, but we also need them in all the different positions around working. You work around with, with it your corporate job yeah it's like you you you've worked on yeah. those initiatives Absolutely. right it's important to have people of color or just anything just how do i explain this it's just so important to have that representation in corporate culture and not just corporate culture but in higher up positions or mm -hmm. positions of authority that representation matters their voice matters their i don't know yeah no and that's i mean that's what we were talking with Olivia off of the air right is that you know that her your generation whenever you came it was really 
you know, you, you put your foot in the door for everybody. And now it's really where I think our generation is trying to figure out what we are, where we should be. And we do feel like we should be taking up those spots to represent the generation that came before us. But uh, Olivia, that's, that's, I was also trying to say, you should also still be fighting for those spots, you know? (laughs) Well, um, I think I'm doing it in in my own way. Yeah. Um, you are, you are doing it. And I think it's, it's great. So let's, let's just go ahead and let's talk about it. Let's talk about Arkansas Latinas, right? So what, actually, before we talk about it, I want because we're going to go into it. Let's take a little break. I'm going to play a little song real quick. And then we'll be right back to talk about Arkansas Latinas, right? Awesome. That's Alejandro Fernandez. And this is the only Spanish song she has. Okay, yeah, who's, yeah, sometimes, yeah, we do. That sounds so Or, good. Uh, tenemos una speaker, acabo de agarrar una speaker, uh, así. Y cuando estamos, you know, like, we get together, mm-hmm. y cada quien se, nos estamos alistando, pongo música. No, no. Y lo, cuando ya vamos rodando, hay chavas que traen su, su, este, una speaker así, grande, así, y se la pone acá atrás. Cool. It's fun. Okay, so I heard about you guys. Um, I was looking for a cycling community, and when I glad we're off the air, but whenever I looked up cycling communities near me, I saw NWA bike. Bike. Bike NWA. Yeah. yeah. But I felt kind of odd joining those groups just because I didn't feel like I fit, I fit in. Um, there's nothing against with the communities that are there, but there's just not enough people of color or representation there, and so I felt weird. Yeah. But I'm really glad you started this. this Thank group. you. And that's, I think, tocaste el punto. That's what the, that was, ese propósito. Really? Ese propósito de... Was there something like that made you want to start this? Well, or circumstance? Lo que me hizo empezar esto is, okay, Mi, mi hermana y yo empezamos a pedalear uh, 1916 uh, y yo empecé con un grupo se llama Gross Bike Bentonville mm-hmm. empecé con ese grupo en Bentonville y eran puras americanas, o sea, todas así mm-hmm. y, y sí, se, sí me sentí out of place, todo yeah. así, sí me sentí intimidada out of place, pero como en ese momento yo estaba pasando por un problema muy 
fuerte emocionalmente. Tengo un hijo con disability y yo creo que ese momento ya me había tocado el peso y me estaba yendo para abajo. Entonces mm. empecé a rodar y sí me sentía, en primer lugar no me sentí bien, no te dan como, hey, hola, ¿cómo estás? Sí. Entonces, like, Ay, pues ya se van y ahí vas tú detrás tratando de alcanzar y yeah. no tenía mucha condición y siempre iba atrás y, y esto así iba yeah. bien rápido y luego con bicicletas uh -huh. pues caras, bicicletas uh -huh. que, que a veces cuando compras una bicicleta compras speed y tú yeah. ya apenas empezaba y eso no me sentí bien pero aprendí lo básico de, de, de andar en grupo, lo básico del ciclismo y seguimos rodando, seguimos rodando y, y entonces ya empezamos a ir a eventos, uh -huh. eh, íbamos a eventos a Little Rock, a Tulsa, a, oh, wow. a otros lugares y pues yo decía, bueno, pues yo creo que mi hermana y yo somos las únicas locas, no había casi hispanas, entonces eh, ya quería yo hacer algo así, pero estaba yo lidiando con, con cosas de mi hijo, entonces That's cool. ya el año pasado dije, it's time, it's time. Le dije a mi hermana, es time. I'm going to do that team and she's like, Do you feel comfortable talking about that on the air? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes right. of course. Let's, let's talk about it. Okay. Okay, and we're back. This is a nice little break. I'm not going to tell you guys what we played. I'll just play it. <laughs> um, but uh, right before we took a break, uh, we were going to go into um, the reason why you're here, Olivia. The reason we wanted to, we invite you over is because we wanted to talk about Arkansas Latinas Ride, um, which, you know, obviously serves a very particular purpose. You guys are a bicycling club, ¿verdad? That's right, yeah. Um, and where do you guys usually meet up at? At Rogers. Yeah, Rogers and all the different trails. I mean, that's one good thing about Northwest Arkansas is that we've got this abundance of trails around. We definitely have a really, really strong cycling community, I feel like. Yeah. Within Northwest Arkansas, both off the trail and like on off-roading, bike road, mm -hmm. riding. Um, like I was t telling Olivia off the air, uh, I like to cycle a lot. Uh, I have my own bike. I've been trying to, to get back into it. Um, but I felt like whenever I was trying to find my own community in the cycling community, I wasn't able to find my place necessarily with the, the people. There's nothing really wrong with the people, and I didn't have any bad scenarios happening with any of them. But I didn't feel like I could find my place there. So can you tell us a little bit how you decided to start Latinas? Yeah, well, uh, all started with the, my sister and I, and, and I we started cycling uh, 2016. Why'd you start cycling? Well, I, actually, cycling came to my life in a in a time when I really needed the most. Mm -hmm. I was going through a lot of uh, hard time. I have a son with disability and other issues that I was. Uh, I was feeling down. I feel like I didn't have any purpose in life. Mm -hmm. And my my brother-in-law, he was already cycling, which is my, my sister, Marielena's uh, husband. And 
you know, he was cycling a lot, and my sister said, you know what, I'm getting mad at him. He's always on the bike, and, <laughs> and I don't see him anymore. It's kind of like he's, he's paying more attention to the bike than he is to <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> she was, yeah, she was getting jealous, and I told her, well, and she said, literally, I, I just want to grab his bike and go over con mi carro and dale así. Run it over. And I said, well, why don't, instead of, a, you know, El, el dicho que dice, if you cannot fight, unete al, yeah, al el enemigo. You can't fight him, join him. So uh -huh. we, we, we got a bike, we went and got a bike, and then, um, and then I started, we started uh, riding our bikes, and uh, then I, I entré a un grupo en Bentonville que se llama Cross Bike Bentonville, that was my first theme where I started, and um, I learned the basic, the basics of, of cycling, and, uh, you know, um, I feel like even though there was something that I feel connected with the group, which was the bike, but in reality, uh, it was not other connection than the bike. I, I feel like, you know, uh, they don't look like me or we didn't really have anything else in common, and which, uh, you know, I'm, to this day, I'm, I'm grateful that I started in, in everything that I learned, but uh, because of that feeling, because of not feeling in in mi ambiente, in in con la gente como yo, fue lo que este me fue una de las razones porque empecé a alcanzar Latinas Bike. Yeah. Um, también después de que ya mi hermana y yo empezamos a andar en bicicleta, este ya empezamos a ir a eventos eventos este en la comunidad ciclista eh, íbamos a, a Little Rock a Tulsa este aquí en el Northwest también y pues yo me acuerdo que veía alrededor y pues no había ninguna hispana nomás que mi hermana y yo y and I was like what, are we the only one crazy or what? Where, where's, where's my community here yeah. what they, they don't like it so uh, because of that Por esa razón nació Arkansas Latinas Bike. Yeah. Arkansas Latinas Bike, uh, uh, we started Arkansas Latinas Bike with the intention to create a group that the other people like me, uh, con las mismas características físicas y culturales, se puedan sentir bienvenidas. Yeah. And, you know, there was not any, any other group that it was uh that it was more like in the hispanic community so that was the reason why i started arkansas latinas bike and it, it, i i think it's it's a problem in every i mean i think everybody kind of feels that because biking can be such an elitist yeah. almost vibe like because obviously like las bicicletas can be like a power or like kind of like a social stance like not a social stance but like a what is it a class. Yeah. Like, yeah, you yeah, have like, a Walmart bike. Like, right, exactly. No, it's not Lewis and Clark. Like, you can't ride with us. Right. Yeah. It's like, you know, they have their thousand... Million dollar bikes. Right, yeah. right. Um, so, it's, I mean, I think everybody can feel that. But then even more is, like, when you're getting into it as, as a Latina, mm -hmm. especially, it's like, you don't feel welcomed at all. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, in in general, the whole uh, 
comunidad uh, bicicletera, uh -huh. que le llamo yo, es, son uh, muy amables, pero en realidad, you know, you know how we, we like to feel comfortable, we like to feel like we belong, yeah, uh, we belong to, to a community, uh -huh. you know. And uh, with Arkansas Latinas Bike, our, our mission in, in is to empower women through cycling. Y no nomás empoderarlas, pero hacerlas sentir que pertenecen. Yeah. Porque todo ser humano sentimos la necesidad de pertenecer a algo más grande que nosotros. Entonces, mm -hmm. la bicicleta can be a tool to transform a, somebody's life, you know, in, in a community too. So, um, Arkansas Latinas Bike is a group where our main object is to fill everybody welcome in regardless of the bike and like you said if you have a a, a bike that has been sitting there in in uh, el garaje mm -hmm. it's okay you know we we want you you know once you join arkansas latinas bike and you feel like oh this is something that i want to do you know and and this is is helping me so we let the person decide if they want to invest to a bike mm -hmm. you know we would never uh oh I, that's so good because yeah, like yeah. some people like yeah. they're shame like shame you into like trying to yeah get like you, bike. you yeah. should be why do you have that yeah. thing yeah that's so no. good you would go faster if you bought this bike yeah might be true but still <laughs> like i don't know if i'm ready for that yeah yes, and and you know i think um that's that is so important because once a chica Cuando una chava viene y empieza el grupo, it's like, oh, I have this bike, and it, it, it's, it's not a ruta bike, it's a, it's a mountain bike. We still welcome her mm -hmm. in, in, in uh, we help her, and we never let anybody behind. It's not like we, the group take off and, we'll see you, catch yeah. us if we can. No, um, it's, you know, we, we help her, and we, you know, we, give her advice if she wants to know what kind of bike she needs or what is the best but we never tell anyone you know what you need a new bike no because the whole purpose is to feel in community mm -hmm. sentirnos en comunidad sentirnos que pertenecemos en ese grupo and then they also can decide whether you know because whether they can they probably want to ride mountain bike they probably want to try grava mm -hmm. and that's why when, when somebody uh, takes me or call me and say, hey, I want to join the group, what, what kind of bike I want? And I usually tell them, you know, it's up to you. If you already have a bike, bring it. And, you know, we just help you to get, you know, get, get more, uh, más este velocidad or más mm -hmm. uh, endurance. And then let them decide it. And they usually, after they go three or four times, they said, I want to go faster. I'm gonna invest on in a bike. Yeah, you know. That's how it happens. I mean, yeah. I, as long as people feel like they're part of a community, and I think the the best thing about it, um, and I think it's the like you said, the reason you started biking in the first place is because that community and that physical activity is so good for your mental health, right? And that's the reason, like we work out. That's right. I mean, like I hate working out. I don't love running. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. Um, but it's just like you, you feel connected to something, yeah. especially when you do it in a group. And it, I mean, it, it lets you kind of escape from from the stuff while 
really doing something that's good for you. Um, so I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad you found biking, yeah. and I, I, I mean, thank you so much for for helping other people find this this sport. How many people do you guys have in your group currently? Well, usually we, uh, right now because of COVID, uh -huh. we have like 20 regular, but there's other. Uh, Cross they they haven't uh, show up because they want to keep the distance and mm -hmm. I totally understand. Yeah. Uh, but it's 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 a lot of fun. It's a lot of like you said, mental health. Mm -hmm. um, we're not only uh, advocating uh, for a better physical lifestyle, mm -hmm. but we also advocating for emotionally and mental health. Yeah. You know, um, riding a bike. Well, riding a bike has given me a sense of purpose. Has given, has literally shifted my my life. You know, has changed my life. It's given me a meaning, a meaningful life. I don't know what I would do if <laughs> I, I was not hooked into biking. Um, yeah. How often do you guys go on on rides? Well, we. Currently, I meet every Wednesday at six o'clock. Okay. In uh, Taz uh, or Wednesday night, right? We also meet uh, los sábados. You know, it's the uh, it's not really official officially, pero entre las chicas se comunican y dicen, hey, I quiero hacer unas thirty miles. Yeah. This morning, who wants to? They they, they get together and they ride. Yeah. Um, but it's, so far it's every Wednesday. Okay, okay. And do you accept all races into your group? Yes. It's we, not just Latinas. No, no. <laughs> just the name. Yes, it's just the name. In fact, we have, uh, uh, in fact, when I started the group, I, the, two of my best friends, uh, Sissy and AJ, who are longtime cycling friends, mm -hmm. uh, they kind of, me, me dieron la mano because um, back then there was there was not any other Latina can I said hey can you back me up so you can help me yeah. other than my sister no we have este Americanas este uh, está esta otra amiga de de Irán de, we have all kinds of este yeah. nacionalidades um, in reality we are welcome everyone. You know, any and any are there any gentlemen? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, we don't say no to no one. Okay, the, the, okay. The, the, the rule is that if there's a guy who wants to ride with with the, his wife, is he has to be at the end of okay, the line. Okay, yeah, okay. I like that. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Well, great. I mean, very inclusive, yeah. very welcoming. Yeah. Um, we don't have age. Uh, you know, there's no age limit. Yeah. Uh, well, if we ask if you are under 14 years old, sure. to bring your mom or any adult, yeah, needs to be riding with with the young uh, under age kids. Yeah. But other than that, we don't have limit. Uh, awesome. Can be look at there's um, una ciclista profesional. She's uh, Jenny. I remember her last name. Oh, Jenny Longo. She's 50, mm -hmm. 60, and okay. she's, uh, es una campeona wow. este, internacional que ha ganado muchos championships. 
and she's 16 years old. So wow. there's, there's no limit. That's right. <laughs> what was your proudest moment of being a founder of Arkansas that you Oh my God. <laughs> That's you a know, great question. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, yeah. yes. It is, you know, there has been a lot of good moments, but you know, every time I see uh, algunas compañeras, you know, getting better than me, going faster, um, you know, going and arrive from Bentonville all the way to Fayetteville and come back is wow. like, wow, yeah. you know, and uh, just, you know, just to hear the, the, the last, lo que comparten ellas, que dicen, sabes que, um, I'm so happy to be part of uh, Arkansas Latinas Bike, uh, um, this, being in this group has, uh, they have changed their life, their wow. mentality, their, uh, their way of living uh, has shifted. So to me, that's, you know, that, that is one of my greatest moments. I mean, it's in, in sometimes when we go for a ride and I see 20 uh, chicas riding a bike, I'm like, I can't believe it. <laughs> you know, it's in, I, I feel so proud of each one that is part of the Arkansas Latinas bike. Um, yeah. We all have something to share we all can be an example to other women in our community yeah to choose a very healthy lifestyle and um, also to to see a, 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 a women comes to the group and que nunca han subido en la bicicleta que se han caído y jamás han tocado una bici and they decided to join the, the group and, and three or four rodadas las veo y like, wow, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. there has been a lot of good good moments. That's awesome. Yeah. So if, if somebody wanted to connect with Arkansas Latinas Ride, where could they find out more information? Well, we have uh, este, nuestra página, Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. Se pueden conectar, con, conectar por ahí. Just send a message? Sí, send a message. O ahí está mi teléfono también. Yeah, este, okay. Yeah, well, great. We were talking a little bit off the air about um, some events you have actually coming up. So, can you tell us a little bit about those? Yes, yes. Pues, mira, este, el COVID nos cambió la agenda. Yeah. Este, tuvimos que parar este, las, los proyectos que teníamos, pero este, decidimos hacer el proyecto, el, el evento este noviembre 7. Va a ser nuestro primer evento este el día de los muertos uh, ride bike um, que va a ser aquí en Springdale okay. y este pues se va a invitar a toda la comunidad yeah. um, y pues el día de los muertos es, es una uh, es parte de nuestra herencia de nuestra cultura mm -hmm. entonces pues ojalá y nos puedan acompañar y pintarse sus caras este traer la la mejor Katrina o cualquier cosa que ustedes quieran vestir a su bici o, o pintarse su cara o cualquier cosita que, que ustedes quieran este, expresarse, pues uh, va a ser nuestro primer anual evento y pues el propósito de Alcanza Latinas Pike no nomás es empoderar a las mujeres por medio del ciclismo, pero también es promover el ciclismo en nuestra comunidad mm. porque en realidad 
el ciclismo no es, no es un uh, deporte popular en nuestra comunidad. Mm -hmm. It's more like el fútbol. Yeah. You know, el fútbol es number one. And it, that's why we, we decided to start doing this event. Mm -hmm. Y el año que viene, pues también tenemos otros eventos que ya iremos trabajando en ellos. Y pues es tiempo de que la comunidad hispana se haga presente en la comunidad bicicletera, en la comunidad ciclista de Northwest Arkansas y, y que aprovechen que aprovechemos los, los trails, yeah, desde Bellavista yeah, hasta, hasta yeah. Fenville yeah. you know, este um, right now is Arkansas has rank number one on uh, mountain bike mm -hmm. okay. el lugar mejor yeah. en, en mountain bike so hay mucho hay, hay mucho donde este ir a, muchos lugares donde ir a rodar ¿no? si quieres experimentar uh, bici de montaña o bici de grava o bici de ruta este hazlo porque uh, ves ves la vida diferente en una bicicleta ves tu ciudad diferente en una bicicleta yeah. entonces es este es tan refrescante es tan desconectas de, de todo y te envicias y um, yo a, a nosotras nos, nos llamamos entre nosotras viciosas viciosas de la bici viciosas de, de salir a rodar entonces oh, I love that. este eso es nuestro apodo viciosas yeah. viciosas pero de un buen deporte es uh, es a lot of fun yeah de acuerdo I mean I think we're We totally agree. We do. I think all of us think we should take advantage of the trails a little more. Yeah. Especially uh, so much money has been invested in yeah. millions, millions, millions. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, laws have been passed so that it's more easier for cyclers. And then I think Fayetteville has slow rides. Slow rides. Yeah. Last last week uh, we were in Fayetteville. Yeah. Um, Back in WA is an organization que estamos también um, de la mano, de la mano están, estamos allí en, en la misma visión de promover el ciclismo uh -huh. y de promover este los las rodadas este, seguras en, en, en esta comunidad y pues hay, hay muchos hay, hay muchas razones por qué se debe uno subir en bicicleta, tanto si te quieres despejar, sobre todo en estos momentos mm -hmm. de, de, de It's tanto, even more important right now. Ese, yeah. es salte en tu bici y vas a ver que ves la vida diferente, es, es, eh, y puede ser adicta también. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. Well, yeah. Olivia. Muchas gracias por estar aquí. I mean, we're so thankful that you could come and that you started this. It's such a great thing, such a great movement. Um, we'll support it. Hopefully, we'll, you know, we have more people that are going, que se suben en Um, and that this movement keeps going. Um, so thank you so much for being here today. Olivia. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. And Jess, how, how, did, it, how did it feel to be back? felt nervous y'all so if i stutter <laughs> oh my god no man you're a superstar you're a natural um but everybody thank you so much this has been the district three podcast thank you uh so much for tuning in um we'll be back next week um so yeah peace out bye yeah. so what kind of bike you ready so i have a townie oh. it's like a little cruiser that i i got it at pat tire
Um, I actually have ridden from Bentonville to Fayetteville. Oh, you have? You have? Have yeah. you done the, the sports court? Yeah, kind oh. of, kind of. 